tonight I want to deal with something that is going to be quite exciting um, if we catch this thing. Okay, tonight I want to deal with Jesus Christ being the Son of Man. And I want us to go to John chapter 10 and I want you to have a look at this thing very carefully because there are certain things, if we understand this, I think that we are going to change a lot of the things that we see in the Bible and the way that we perceive things. And it's important that we get this thing under our belts because God is calling us to do the same. I want us to go to John chapter 5. What did I say? John 10. No, John chapter 5. You guys are not prophetic. Go the other way. <laughs> eh? No, it's not even 10. There is no 10 in it. Okay, John chapter 5. Are you guys there? Yeah. You're there. Alright. Verse 27. And he's speaking, oh, let's make it verse 26. And as the Father has life in himself, he has granted the Son to have life in himself. So in other words, as the Father had life, He gave it to His Son, okay, Jesus Christ. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment also because He is the Son of Man. I want you to see something here very clearly. It does not say that He is the Son of God. Okay, now I want you to do this, and I'm not going to go into this, maybe I'll preach on this sometime, but I want you to see the difference. Whenever you see the Son of Man in the Bible... It is not the same as the Son of God. When it speaks about the Son of God, it speaks about His authority as if He was God. Remember when He was still in heaven, when He comes back as the Son of God, okay? When it speaks as the Son of Man, it is speaking about Him being a normal human being with the authority and the anointing flowing through Him. How do I know that that is what it's talking about? Look at verse 30. I can by myself do nothing. How's that for a statement by Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ says, I by myself can do nothing. So what's he saying? I am a normal, natural man walking on this earth. I cannot do anything unless the Father comes and does it. He says, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own, but the will of the Father who sent me. So I want you to understand this. This is critical. Everything that Jesus Christ did on the earth, He did it as a man. It is exactly the same that if you did it, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you are exactly the same rank and authority on this earth that Jesus had. Now how many of you would think that that's quite a shock? Come on, most of us sit down and think Jesus is awesome, He's an example that we're striving for something. Until you read this scripture and says, Jesus says, I can do nothing unless the Holy Spirit worked through me. Unless God the Father worked through me. Unless I had that power operating in my life. So now I want you to understand that God says that I have given Jesus Christ... All authority, not because He was the Son of God, but because He was the Son of Man. Who else did God give that authority to? Adam. He said to Adam, you are a Son of Man. I created you. You are a Son. And because you are a man, I am giving you the authority as a human being over this earth. 
Jesus Christ gets given that same authority and He says, I give you the authority, not because you're a son of God, but because you're a son of man. Because you're a human being, I'm restoring that authority to you. Because you have not sinned, because you are the last Adam, and because you are pure and holy, and because you have done that, Jesus Christ carries that authority, and He says, I carry this authority on earth, I can do all the miracles, all the things that I need to do, because I am a son of man, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we read in the book of Acts, that the Bible says that Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit, and went about doing mighty works. So He was doing it under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And what is awesome for me, and most people miss this, is that Jesus says, I can do nothing unless I had that power flowing in my life. We always thought that Jesus could do everything. Come on, I would have thought that. When you see him water into wine and all these miracles that were happening, it was because of the authority of the human race that was given to him. And then Jesus Christ goes and he says, Listen, I give this authority to you guys. In fact, he says to his disciples, Guys, you're going to do greater things than me. Now listen, if you sit down and think, how can I do greater things than Jesus Christ? Are you joking? The Bible says that He did so many recorded miracles that they weren't, they say that there's not even books enough to contain all the stuff He got up to in three years. So how on earth are we going to end up doing greater things than this? Can you imagine the entire body of Christ, millions of people catching on to this thing and starting to operate like this? Can you imagine what will happen? Now I want to tell you something. One of the things that we have done is we have limited ourselves and made ourselves so small and insignificant. As a human being, yep, you are insignificant. As a human being in the sense that you will not be able to do something because Jesus couldn't even do it. But if you understand a simple concept, God wants to flow through you, then you can do everything. There is nothing on this earth that you cannot do. And the only thing that we need to understand is how do I activate it? How do I get that flow going? Because first of all, I've got to realize that it's absolutely nothing to do with you. If we can get that right, I'm telling you now, we are going to start seeing miracles happening again in our city. The reason why we are not seeing miracles happening in the city is because we still think that it is a supernatural, special guy who can do something. Some pastor who has like had an experience with God in the closet somewhere for 40 days and suddenly he's the only guy who can do something. That is not biblical. That is not right. I don't see guys, the disciples definitely did not go and spend 40 days fasting all the time and seeking God and everything else. They just understood, hey, I can do this. I rely on the Holy Spirit. I accept the Holy Spirit. I do what He tells me. The problem that we've got is this, is we are struggling with our natural life. We are too much in the way of allowing God to do it. If we can get past you, God can move. And I want to challenge us. We have got the power to change a society. We have got the power to change a city. The Bible says you don't fight against people. You fight against a principality and power, which have already been disarmed. You see, what is interesting is, when they prayed in the Old Testament, and you go and read the book of Daniel, where they remember the angel was busy fighting in the heavens for days to get an answer through. Now we don't have those days of fighting anymore to get an answer through. Why not? Because every demonic spirit has been disarmed. They have no more weapons. 
There is no resistance. The only problem we've got is the church of Jesus Christ waking up and using a supernatural power and not your own strength. You cannot fight a spiritual power with a natural force. You cannot. Because you can't see it first of all. And the problem is this, is we are so conscious on our natural lives that we need to sit down and repent and say, God, I need to get conscious of a spiritual life. So if you've got something going wrong in your life or in your family or anywhere else, I want to tell you, every single thing is based in the spirit, not in the natural. Because the Bible says you don't fight the natural, you fight the spirit. You're fighting a spiritual attack, not a natural thing at all. So how many of us, when there's something going wrong, we fight it in the natural? Come on, let's be honest. Something goes wrong, and you immediately want to go and fix it. Come on, for us, mana, Somebody's having a fight, you want to have a meeting. Come on. And the Bible says you don't fight against flesh and blood. How many of you have ever been in an argument? How many of you have been in an argument that you change your blood pressure starts rising? How many of you have been so much that you actually want to pass out your blood pressure so high? <laughs> okay? You just get so cross. Do you know what? Every action that you, every time you've done that, it hasn't helped one bit. Why? Because you're fighting it in the natural and God says it's not a natural fight. Now how strange is it to fight something that you see here as an issue in the spirit and leave the issue alone? Come on. He has a problem. I'm going to fight with this guy. And God's saying, don't fight with him. Love him. And just pray in the spirit and bind the thing that's causing it. Now, how many of you think that that's normal? Come on. We don't even think there. Especially if you get emotionally worked up. You just want to have your say. You want to get involved in this thing. You want to sort this thing out. And God's saying, don't fight natural with natural. Fight natural attack on you with a spiritual thing. How do you do that? You go quietly and you go and pray. And you say, God, in the name of Jesus, I come against that spirit that's causing division, that strife, that disunity, that division that's coming. I bind that thing, I break that power over in Jesus' name. You see, Jesus Christ never ever fought natural with natural. He never did. And the Bible says many times that Jesus is going to pray for the guys. Even when he was dying, he says, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen, same story. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, it's important that we understand this. Now, if we get this thing right, okay, now if I can just get you to the place where you can understand that I am exactly the same as Jesus Christ If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is absolutely no difference between you and Jesus Christ, potential or ability right now. Absolutely nothing according to the Bible. Right? Now comes the questions. You've got two things to query. Number one, what do I do to activate this? Because that could be a good point. And number two, is God still going to do it today? Does God still want to have weird miracles happening on the planet today? Okay. Because the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, you can write this down, Hebrews 13, 8, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So God doesn't change, yes or no? He doesn't change. 
So why is it that in today's society we are not expecting miracles anymore? Why is it that if you read the Bible, you could sit down in those years, it was awesome. You know, the guys, Peter's shadow healed somebody, and the dead got raised. Why are we not expecting that to happen today? Do you know why? Information overload. We are too busy getting too much information, and too many opinions, and too many ideas, and everybody's sitting down, and everybody's got a plan. Instead of going straight back to the Word and saying, God, you said that you want to flow through me. I can do greater miracles than what you did. And no matter what time frame I'm in, whether I'm in the year 2000, instead of water on on an altar, remember in the Old Testament when they poured water on the altar, okay? Can you imagine I come there and your TV blows up? We don't have altars anymore, but you've got a TV. Everybody's watching their sport. We're going, in the name of Jesus, fire, and that's the end of your TV. Toast, man. I want to tell you something. It will draw somebody's attention. Or a big screen at the stadium. Some Christian comes in and he says, you guys are not serving the wrong God. I'll show you. And just brings down fire onto the stadium. I want to tell you something. If we start seeing stuff like that, somebody's going to start repenting. But we have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere and say, God, I want to be like Jesus Christ. Come on, we all say that. I want to be like Jesus Christ. Okay, I say, okay. Start flowing in the power. Start flowing in the anointing. Don't fight fleshly things. Fight it in the spirit. Change stuff in the spirit. The flesh has to follow. And I've taught you now how to start developing your faith. That was the thing that God kept on rebuking them all the time. Every time they did something, He goes, You are little faith. You are little faith. Why don't you have enough faith? Haven't I been here long enough for you to learn this thing? All Jesus was teaching them the whole time was, Have faith in God. Believe God. Trust Him. Because He's going to do the work. He just needs you to be there to release it. And so tonight, I want us to get to the place... Where we sit down genuinely and say, God, I repent of staying in the natural. I want to challenge you, go and read how many times you see the Son of Man in the Bible. And wherever you see the Son of Man, I want you to see somebody who is a normal person full of the Holy Spirit. Don't see it as God, supernatural, paying a price. I want you to see a normal person who is full of the Holy Spirit and doing what God is telling him to do. And I want you to know that if we start seeing it in that line, and in that context, this Bible changes in your, in your life. Totally. Totally changes. Because when I see Jesus walking on water, that is what happened with Peter. Peter says, listen, if you say, come, I'm coming. And he starts walking on water. As long as he didn't think about it, he was fine. As soon as he started rationalizing it, he goes, whoops, we can't do this. If you do not think about stuff, and you just act obediently, God can start using you supernaturally. So now when you sit down and you go, Lord, I am in a business. My business needs this. And you say, in the name of Jesus, I release it in the Spirit. I bind every demonic spirit that wants to come against this business. Everything that's hindering me. Everything that's hindering my family. Everything that's hindering my school. My, my neighborhood. Whatever it is. I come against it in the Spirit. It changes. You know, I stay in a small town with a small school. There are many times when you walk in there and you feel the whole spirit of strife that is rife in that school. I love being in a small community because then you can see what's going on quickly. 
It's not always so easy to pick it up in the city. A small community, you check it very quick. And what we'll do, we will not talk to anybody, we'll not sort out any fights, we won't do anything. We'll go and start praying and say, God, I command peace in this place, this whole place. And what's nice about us is we only got two and a half kilos by two and a half kilos. When peace comes, it's a whole area, Mark. Everybody knows. And when there's strife, everybody knows. And I want to tell you something, that we have physically seen how that when we start taking this authority, and it's not because we are fighting with anybody. It's because in the spirit we say, every demonic spirit, you've got no place over this, this area. I bind your works and your operations, and I release an anointing in peace. It's been one of some of the most fantastic things to see. It took us about two years to start developing that authority in that area. Now I'm telling you, you can physically change the atmosphere when you come into our area. It's awesome. I've got somebody who was staying in an area. And the, the way I, can't, I can't tell you exactly how many houses are in the area. Let's say maybe 80 houses in this particular area. 80, 100 houses somewhere there. And they were staying in that area and they started to learn these principles. And they started to pray over the area. And they, they stayed there for five years. For five years, the worst thing they ever had was a bit of petty crime in the sense of somebody's bicycle being stolen or something. In five years, over that whole area. Okay? They were, they, the uh, crime rate was just about zero. They used to sit down and pray over the area. They would protect the area. They would put up spiritual boundaries. They would sit down and pray over the full moon and the new moon. You know, everything we've been teaching you guys, doing exactly what we've been teaching. And they started to practice and walk a road with us and started to do exactly that. They moved out of the area. Listen to this now. They moved out of the area. The very next day there were three deaths. In that area, little area. The crime has skyrocketed. And all of a sudden, everybody's going, what on earth happened? I'm telling you, one family who understood their authority and kept the spiritual forces at bay that were trying to take over that area. I want to tell you right now, if we understand that, you will not understand that you as a human being have got all the authority on this earth that you need to change any circumstance in your environment. Any circumstance. Because the Bible says that there is nothing that is impossible for God to do. If there is nothing impossible for God to do, why do we make it impossible? If you do it, it's impossible. Listen to me. But if you get the picture, listen God, you can do it. I just need to allow you. All God is looking for, let me make it as simple as I can, is permission to work on the earth. That's all He's looking for. He cannot do it out of His own, because that will be illegitimate. Remember, who has the authority on the earth? Mankind. If God did it outside of that, it will be illegitimate, just like the devil did. He came from outside. The Bible says, and I want you to understand this parable very clearly. Here's a parable. The Bible speaks about there's a shepherd, okay? And there's a wall. And he puts the sheep in the pen. And the Bible says that he sleeps at the door of the, the sheep pen. What does it say? Anybody who does not come through the door, who jumps over the fence, is a what? A thief. Okay? So guess what? What does it speak about the door? It is the natural way into this world. If you are not born naturally into this world, 
You are a thief if you came any other way. So number one, Satan comes another way over the fence. Shortcut. He did not get born through a human being. And he came and he stole the authority on this earth. And God says, I can't steal it back. I'm not a thief. I now have to create another human being through the door to rightfully get back what was taken. Are you guys with me? Look, it's far easier for God to put fire in the sky and say, I've got a ten countdown. You either turn or bry. Dry or bry. Ten, nine, eight, seven. I promise you, by the time two comes, most of us are repenting. I'm talking about the city now, not just saved or unsaved. They're going to repent. Even better, if God takes out America or some other place first, and you watch on CNN, God just destroyed America. Then you second on the list and you get the countdown. I promise you the Oaks will repent. It is so much easier for God to do that, but God doesn't do that for one reason. It's illegitimate. He's not allowed to do that according to His own word. So what does He do? He says, I can't do this. I can't work on the earth unless it's through a human being. All I'm asking is for me to, uh, for you to allow me to work through you so that I can make myself strong on your behalf, so that I can fight on your behalf, so that I can restore everything that should have been yours through you. Does it make sense? And how many of us do that? Very few. Because what are we doing? We are so busy sorting out our own lives. We are busy. We are saying, I don't have time for this. I'm telling you right now, you don't have time not to do this. You don't have time. You cannot afford not to do this. You cannot afford to sit down and say, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing and bombard in there. Because what are you going to do? You're going to do everything in the flesh. And the spirit that's causing the trouble stays there. The spirit that's, that's been assigned over that area or over that business or whatever it is. The Bible is very clear that demons are territorial. Did you know that? Remember when Jesus Christ came and he cast out that, that guy that was demon possessed? The Bible says that he had a legion. And remember when he cast him into the pigs? You know that story? And what happened? Then what did the demon say? Have you come to torment us prematurely? Please do not let us leave this area. And what did Jesus say? Okay, well there's some pigs. You can go in there. You can hang around. I want to tell you something. There are demonic forces in Port Elizabeth that are at play. There are demonic forces that are over this area that are at play. You need to sit down and say, God, I am going to do my share to keep my area open. My house, my suburb, my work, wherever I am involved, I am not going to do this in the natural, but I'm going to do it in the spirit. How do I start fighting things in the spirit? I start taking my authority. Remember that every demonic spirit has been disarmed. It has no more power to do anything unless you allow it. And do you know how many of us allow it? We take a simple scripture. Go to James chapter 3. I want to show you something here. Are you guys learning something? I hope we practice this, eh? I hope that we practice this, that we don't just sit down and take it lightly. Alright? Most of us did not realize that you carry the same authority that Jesus Christ did. I mean, we hear it. But if I, until you see the scripture that Jesus Christ could have done nothing, that almost like seems impossible, eh? 
Jesus Christ can do nothing, yep, if He did not allow the Holy Spirit to work in His life. James 3 verse 16. Listen to this. For where there is envy and strife, confusion and every evil things are at work. How many of you know? Come on, let's be honest. Who has been in strife in your family or in your business or in your environment? Who has fought with somebody? Come on, there's not a single person here who hasn't fought. Every time that you end up in strife, the Bible says that every evil work is at play. Every time you have a fight, every evil work enters your house like that. Every demonic spirit has a right in your house. Jeez. Us South Africans can fight, Dermot. We can argue, we can bicker, we can prove our point, we can do whatever. We do not understand how important that scripture is. If you are serious about stuff in your life, you will not allow fighting in your life. You will not allow arguing. If somebody wants to argue, you sit down and say, sorry, I'm not going to fight with you and walk away. And you start praying in the spirit that the spirit that's driving this thing stop. This is how we fight people. We think that we must fight by taking banners and placarte and you know go bombard everything. God did not tell you to do that. He told you to pray. He told you to seek God. Jesus Christ never fought a political battle. He fought a spiritual one. He didn't try and take over the government. He didn't try and do any of that stuff. The Bible says you pray for your leaders. The spirit that's controlling our president and members of parliament, that needs to be a godly spirit that's controlling it, not some demonic thing. And the Bible says that when there's strife, every demonic thing's happening. Let me tell you something, when I listen about the practically now, in our own municipality, there's so many factions and everybody's fighting. So guess what? Every demonic spirit is controlling the city right now. Our leadership is being controlled by demonic spirits because of the in-house fighting. So what do you do? Go rebuke the whole lot? No. You start praying. You rebuke the spirit that's behind this thing. You say, I bind that spirit that is controlling this city in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will stir up every individual that they will start being submissive to you. That's what we do. We need to start taking this thing seriously. I want to get to the place where I walk... And the power of God starts moving in my life wherever I go, even if I don't feel like it. I want to feel the presence of God wherever I go. When I go to a hospital, I want to physically see the things start happening. I mean, I'm telling you, when you listen to the, the levels that you can get in the Spirit, if we understand this. You know, Catherine Kuhlman has a brilliant testimony. Betty Ing was telling it, that Catherine was so anointed with the Holy Spirit, Okay, even though her physical body, she couldn't handle it and she did some dumb stuff. But she was so anointed that when she would go to a hotel, you know, if they're in a conference somewhere, they book in a hotel. When she would walk into a hotel, everybody was sick and the whole hotel would get healed in the rooms without even knowing she's there. Can you imagine? The oaks are sick and the next second they jump out of bed, totally healed. And they go, I don't know what happened. I just got healed. I was sleeping and I woke up. I'm healed. Find out Catherine Kuhlman's in the hotel. Got healed. Now that is what I'm talking about authority. That is where you carry the presence so strong. And let me tell you something. She's no great person. 
She had her faults, she had mistakes, but what was it about her? She understood the Holy Spirit working through her. She understood God working through her. And all she did was, God, I allow you. And the more you allow God, the more stuff happens. I want to challenge us. We need to get into this Word. We need to find out what God wants. Because if we do what God wants, we are going to start seeing stuff. So where do we start with this? Firstly, I need you to get a picture of God working through you. That's your first step. Your second step is do not fight flesh and blood. Do not fight the person. Do not fight the system. Remember that this is a world system. It's meant to cause havoc. Satan created it. It's going to have strife in it. It's going to have all sorts of scallum things happening. It's not a normal thing to expect total peace. And then what you need to do is this. Is you need to say, God, I'm now going to start fighting principalities and powers. In the name of Jesus, for my family, for my business, for my neighborhood, for my school. Whatever it is that you hear with this strife and big stuff going on. It's like, remember the other day when these guys were stoning here in the townships? Down the road. And they were stoning cars. Everybody was saying, yeah, arrest them, fight them, carry on. No, what should happen was a prayer meeting and say, God, the spirit that's driving this thing, we break in Jesus' name. We bind its power in the name of Jesus and I command total confusion in amongst the people doing it so that they will stop. That's the prayer that must go up for that. Let the secular guys handle the secular stuff in the way that they want to handle it. You know, the police go out and arrest and sort out whatever. But the church needs to sit down and say, that spirit that's operating there, we bind it, we command it to stop in the name of Jesus. You have no right in this city, we are here. Do you understand? It's not the normal way to handle stuff in the natural. And the church has been blinded and we haven't been taught how to handle this stuff. We get taught, well, right is right and wrong is wrong. Do you know what we get taught? An eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Come on. Yes, no, justice must be there. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Let me, let me not really shock you. Have you, got, you want, this is what I call a pasala. I throw this in, they're free. <laughs> got nothing to do with the topic, but something you can go home and study. Okay? In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees, right? Spirit of, um, tree of life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? The knowledge of good and evil. What is good and evil? Right and wrong. You guys with me? If you deal with right and wrong, both of them are wrong. Knowledge of good and evil was not a tree to be touched. Listen to me. If you're dealing with right and wrong, you're wrong. You should be dealing with the spirit of life. Now, I'm going to go right against your theology now. Let me give you an example. The Bible says that people who practice adultery are going to hell, correct? Okay, I'm giving you scripture now. What happened to the adulterous woman that came to Jesus Christ? Did he say to her, go to hell? He says, I don't condemn you either. Go sin no more. That's the spirit of life. He gave her life and she stopped sinning. He did not deal with the right and wrong. The woman with the Samaritan woman at the well. Remember? She had so many husbands and the one that she was with wasn't even her husband. He carried on like that. Do you know that for the rest of the time he didn't even address the sin? 
He highlighted it so that she knew that he was telling the truth and he didn't even touch the sin for after that. He didn't even deal with it. Why? He's dealing with the spirit of life. So when we come with right and wrong, you are actually wrong. Whether you're right or wrong, you're wrong. Because why? It's flesh. It's not the spirit that's drawing this thing out. I don't know if you understand that. Sounds complicated, eh? But the point is this. If you do things in the natural, it is not a godly result. I need to do things in the spirit because the spirit controls the natural. You've got to understand that. Your spirit world controls the natural. If I want the natural to change, I must change the spirit. If you change the spirit, the natural will follow. How do I change the spirit? Simple. Words with authority change it. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ as the Son of Man got given all authority. Okay? In fact, I'm going to close with this. John chapter 10. Just go back to John chapter 5. Uh, You guys learn quicker. John chapter 5. I just want to just read that scripture again and you'll see. (coughs) Listen to this. He has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. What does it mean to execute judgment? See, people think that judgment is in the natural. Jesus Christ is only dealing in the spiritual stuff. What is his judgment? His judgment was anything that brought a bondage. Remember, what is Jesus' focus? Okay, let's go here, I'll help you. Luke. Luke chapter 4, quickly. Jump there. I want to tell you what Jesus' focus was. Once you understand that, you'll see what his plan is. What is he judging? Yeah. This is it. Spirit of the Lord, verse 18, 418. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So his judgment is to break off poverty. Preach the gospel to the poor was so that they could get the truth, so that they could get finance, so that they could get wealthy, okay? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, anybody who has been broken. Okay, proclaim liberty to the captives. In other words, bring freedom to those that are in captivity. And recover each side to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now what does that mean in practice? Everything that the devil had on the people, he was there to break. I bring judgment on Satan's works. Every one of these things is something where the devil was holding on to somebody. You guys aren't sure? Okay, do you understand that? So Jesus Christ's judgment was to judge the devil's works on this earth because he had all authority to do it. Now comes the question, are you? Do you know what we do? We fight in the natural, we try and make the best in the natural, we work ourselves to death in the natural, and then we get no spiritual result. How many of you have done a lot of stuff in the physical and never seen the benefits of it? You try and you work and you be nice to people and be nice, be nice, and still people still hurt you and be ugly. Come on. Why? Because we do it in the natural. How many of you actually go and pray? Why does the Bible say go pray for your enemy? Why does it say go love your enemy? Pray for those who despitefully use you. I don't want to do that. Why does it say do that? So that I can change the action because of the spiritual change. 
They are despitefully using me because there's a spirit driving them. People are not ugly by nature. They are ugly because of an influence. And guess what? People are getting uglier. Why? Because there is no more church pushing back the demonic forces. The Bible says that in end times, lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Guys who are on fire for God, who used to push in, used to pray, used to do everything, they are not doing it anymore. I'm seeing it all the time. I've never seen so many Christians so lukewarm in all my life. Ever. Why? Because we are doing it in the natural. And we have not either been taught this, or not continued practicing what we know. So I want to challenge us today. Remember that you are a son of man. You were born on this earth by a man and you are a son of man. And you carry the same authority Jesus Christ did. You just have to apply it and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and work through you. And do not fight things in the natural anymore. In Jesus' name. Amen.